so part of the reason why I wanted to get you into studio and on this podcast, which is more of a B2B podcast, is we had this period of time that we're not going to debate the merits of lockdowns and shutdowns, but this period of time where folks like me that travel a lot for work, uh-huh. we didn't get on airplanes a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And we started getting on airplanes again um, more last summer. I mean, mm-hmm. we still took trips, but there's a lot of customers, people that you just didn't go and see because their state, their area, they were in some level of lockdown or they had some corporate policy and some still have a corporate policy mm-hmm. where they're not allowing travel. Um, but it's starting to pick up, has mm-hmm. been picking up and it's picking up more and more. And I would, yeah. it's almost going back to pre-pandemicville where you, you know, some people get on a plane Monday and then they'll take two more and they'll get home on Friday, maybe. Um, so you being a nutritionist mm-hmm. and my lovely wife, <laughs> I get a lot of sound advice for when I'm on the road, how I can better manage my nutrition whenever I'm eating on per diem yeah. and there's, you know, tomahawk steaks and fluffy potatoes and there's asparagus but it's soaked in butter and all kinds of things and the plates are about as big as this table that's Mm -hmm. right in front of us when we go out we're on the road and then you know you have a cocktail a beer something else and then by the time you get home you're just like man dude i just want a sandwich and a lazy boy i don't want to eat out at all and then you come home to your husband stuck at home want to go out to eat Right. Because we've been stuck at home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear you complaining about it. That's not <laughs> the point. But so when I'm on the road, what are some, well, let's, you're a nutrition, nutrition consultant, counselor mm. type person. Holistic Hol- nutrition consultant. What? So even before we go into road warrior strategies, what is a holistic co- nutrition consultant versus somebody that's. Is there a non-holistic version? Or Most is nutritionists it? are non-standard nutritionists that go to the four-year degree are not holistic. What does holistic mean? Holistic is looking at the whole person. So I am not just looking at your nutrition level. I am looking at your stress level, your sleep, and how you manage both that go into uh, your diet. Because your food plays a big part. How you manage everything outside of food kind of how did I I was talking to somebody today it matters because if you don't take care of your stress and your sleep your nutrition doesn't do its job okay and so the more you can manage your stress levels the more you can manage your sleep that will let's see it'll be more it'll make your nutrition journey a little bit more effective okay Okay, so that is more of a holistic. I'm a big advocate of whole foods. I'm not a big advocate of a lot of processed things, but I am an 80-20. 80% of the time, you're eating fabulous. 20% of the time, okay, this might be just my vice, but you eat a donut with bacon on it. Those are amazing. But that's like 20 A donut with bacon on yeah, it. Yeah, it's really awesome. What do, what do they call that donut? Canadian? Oh, it's Canadian healthcare. <laughs> Canadian with my hip- hypnoticism. It's and my it's favorite donut. Got maple and mm-hmm. all kinds of. But because I am a big believer in mental health, if you are 100% in on everything 
and you're not going out with your friends or you're not, uh, you feel like your whole life revolves around nothing but what you eat, that's not healthy. That's not going to make you happy. 80% of the time, eat things that will fuel your fuel. Ah, words are hard. Fuel your body and further your goals. 20% of the time, eat your donut. Have those fries. But don't make it the main staple of what you what How many you donuts can I have in my 20%? One. I, not a dozen? No. I can't go get a dozen Canadian. Basically, it's one because they're a lot. So. Okay. I think I believe that I looked it up one time that Canadian healthcare has about nine hundred to a thousand calories in it, but I don't care. I'm happy. It makes me happy. And you compare a donut with whiskey? Cocktails. Absolutely, we can. I've done that before. Yes, you and Jason Craddock did a. Uh, this was during COVID. Y'all did yeah. a recording where it was salty donuts and mm-hmm. pairing really exotic, over the top donuts with cocktails yeah it was fun a lot of fun it looked fun Mm -hmm. so you had a mixologist and a nutritionist eating donuts Mm -hmm. you can do it cocktails 20 percent. 20 percent. so anyway so that's so you're a holistic nutritionist Mm -hmm. you're looking at sleep lifestyle stress and food what you're consuming you're Mm -hmm. not advocating that somebody is onerous with their diet mm-hmm. and they're perfect all the time yeah perfection is an unattainable goal and just stresses people out yeah mm-hmm. so now take that and get on an airplane okay for work you're out of town for three days if i get into three or four days on the road i'm not going i'm going to exceed 20 percent of that week's allocation what are the things i could do if i'm if I'm going to New York, if I'm going to San Francisco, if I'm traveling from any of those places to Dallas, it you know, let's say somebody's coming here and mm-hmm. Texas known for barbecue, right? And Tex Mex and yeah. barbecue and Tex Mex. And the first thing I want to do is I want to go and get some barbecue. Mm-hmm. And then I want to follow that up with tacos because tacos by themselves are a food group. So are they though? Yes. I feel like they're not. They they are. I've looked it up. Chips and salsa. That's a food group. So what do I do if I'm coming to Dallas? How do I <laughs> – what's my strategy for three or four days here? I've got meetings all day long. Mm-hmm. They're catering in lunch, and it's going to be some brown bag thing because you're working in the conference room, and it's some deli sandwiches yeah. or something like that. What? It, it's actually it, It's my strategy. Your strategy is portion size. It's Por- always going to be portion size uh, because sometimes you're, you're right. When you're traveling, you're eating what everybody else is eating. You don't want to single yourself out. So you're looking at, let's see, let's take a plate of tacos. You're getting the beans and rice and you're getting all the, the fixings, I guess you could say, with it. So what you're wanting to do is maybe stick to two tacos maybe half that rice and half the beans. And I tell a lot of clients that are eating, that are at home, but to basically ask immediately for a to-go cup, not cup, oh, to-go container. And basically take half of what they're gonna, what's on their plate and put it in a to-go immediately and then set it off to the side. So you're not tempted to eat it. You're not 
it's not there in your face. So rule of thumb, I'd like, I like visuals. So if your meats, and I know this is going to make a lot of guys cringe, it should be about the size of the deck of cards. That's what your meat size should be, not the tomahawk steak. <laughs> a deck of cards is typically the size. You could probably, if you're working out heavily, go a little bit bigger, but most guys on the road are not working out. Most women, I could say too, because women travel too. Sure. Um, but you're looking at a deck of cards for your meat. Then for your non-starchy vegetables, like your salads, your green beans, and things like that, you're looking at about a baseball size, about a cup, cup and a half. And then your starchier vegetables, your sweet potatoes, because that's what you should lean towards instead of just regular potatoes. Uh then you uh, want to do about half a baseball, so that's about half a cup. Your nuts and seeds should be about the size of a golf ball, and that also nuts and seeds also can also be your butter and things like that. Because butter's not bad; it's how you source your butter that's bad. You're if you're eating grass-fed, Kerrygold is a good example, mm-hmm. pretty widely um, available to people. That's grass-fed cows. That's actually healthy fats for you. Is that typical in a <laughs> no. restaurant? No. 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 So so it's uh, it's always good. If you want to kind of eat a little bit of the butter, it's fine, but maybe not three buttered rolls. If you're getting a deli sandwich catered in, maybe removing the buns and just eating the insides. It sounds it – sounds, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be fun to take the, the buns off, but it's going to – mitigate some of the starchy uh, sugars that you're going to put in your body. So you're look, eating, I mean, deli meat in and of itself is not overly healthy, but it is a healthier choice than some other things. But if you're taking off the bun, if you're not eating the cookie that they provide, yeah, no. Not eating the cookie. Well, you can, but then it means just maybe you're giving up a, a cocktail, a cocktail or two at dinner it's all about choices it's all about trading one thing for the other and i'm very big on so saying, a cookie equals a glass of pinot noir yeah pretty much okay i, I can deal with that i can give yeah. up the cookie have a glass of wine with dinner if mm-hmm. i'm on the wrong i mean I, I always try to caution people don't look at the things you cannot have think about all the things that you can have Focus on that. Don't focus necessarily on what you can't have. It's easy to get wrapped up. Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. It's, it's, I tell people, pull back, reframe your words and say, I can have this. Isn't that awesome? I can have that. I'm going to choose not to eat this as opposed to I can't have it. It's in doing that, it kind of reframes the way you think about things. And so I'm very big on we're not going to focus on what we can't do. We're going to focus on what we can and reframing our thought process. Sometimes it's successful. Sometimes people just get into a frame of mind of I can, I can, I can't. And so I always caution people to stay away from that. But uh, when you're on the road, snacks are also a big getcha. And I always... I always made you take your own snacks because <laughs> Amazon has some good things. I mean, I'm not a big prepackaged uh, snacker or 
but they do have some good protein bars. They have some good nut mixes. They have good things, and they actually deliver to hotels. And so Amazon Prime delivers to hotels. So There's things that I started taking in my backpack, mm-hmm. almonds with sea salt and rosemary. Oh, the bone broth stuff that I'm that you start, you were taking. The, was it? Which one did you like better, the powdered one or the? Uh, there was one that you liked. The one that was more of a gel. Yeah, and but you just added hot water. Broke apart. Yeah, you could take the hot water, the mm-hmm. kettle or the single serve coffee thing, and just heat the water in there. Mm-hmm. Just don't put it in your coffee tray. And, yeah. And it was protein and other stuff. Good. It Collagen. was a decent. Yeah, I said other stuff. <laughs> I my job's not to be the nutritionist. My job <laughs> is to say sure, okay. Whatever. Yeah. All right. So, um, so it's a series of choices on the road. Mm-hmm. Portion control, portion size, yeah. being the biggest one, mm-hmm. and then like other people, that deck of cards thing on the meats. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about length and width, not necessarily the height, right? How many decks of cards can you stack on top of one another? So we're one. talking like filet mignons. No. Well. Flame and yawns tend to be within the realm of the deck of cards. How many ounces is, is Technically, that? it's about six ounces is what I, um, about six ounces, four to six ounces. Okay. If you're extreme weight loss, four ounces, but for the average person, about six ounces of meat. So eight, 10, 12 is a little excessive, especially if you're eating conventional meats, which most restaurants do. Conventional meats, we're going to have the, um, I don't like to say cholesterol because cholesterol is a whole other beast on. So what is a conventional meat? Conventional meat is anything that's raised on a, on a um, mass-produced farm. Okay. Like when you drive through Amarillo and those lovely smells, it's because of all the cattle farming. Yeah. And it's mass-produced and they're not grass-fed. They're not, they're fed corn, they're fed abnormal things that... We're not supposed to feed to animals, but they feed them anyway because that's the way to be able to feed mass. Get a bat, nice and fattened up. Yeah, that's that's. It's not what you want. No, because that fat actually turns to really bad things in your body. Fat in and of itself is healthy, but not when you're doing mass-produced cows or mass-produced chickens. It's what's a good healthy fat then? Good healthy fat is uh, coconut oil. It's avocado. It's uh, good quality olive oil because that market is so unregulated. They will cut olive oil with canola oil in a heartbeat. And it's. So what's wrong with canola oil? Canola oil actually over time changes the very nature of your cells. It makes them more porous and things can, so things can get in and out. Things that you do not want in your cells come, are able to get in. Whereas, where is when this, the cell membrane is solid, it bounces right off and it doesn't get in. We just had another guest mm-hmm. on this podcast, Yaron Lee from ABS. And mm-hmm. He was talking about fluoride in, in water. Um, and he talked about it being somewhat of a poison and, mm-hmm. and has some lo- loose connection to PFOS. That, so, I probably mean, don't want to get into that because that's not your area. That's of not my area of expertise. But, but fluoride in itself, again, a trace mineral. We need very, very little amount for teeth health, but we're dumping massive amounts in our water. 
I've gotten into many debates with with um, dentists. Actually, I get into a debate with my mother, who's a dental who was a dental assistant for forty plus years. We need fluoride. We need fluoride. Well, no, actually, you you don't need it in the amount that we put it. So you're getting fluoride in your water. You're getting fluoride in your toothpaste. You're getting fluoride in your mouthwash. You're getting fluor- inundated with so much fluoride that it's actually being a detriment. And actually, it starts to counteract, if I'm remembering right, it starts to counteract the calcium that you're putting in your body, which as act- is more of what your bones and your teeth need than. So are you saying fluoride's bad or is it? Volume. It's volume. It's the volume that's bad. <clears throat> it's not that fluoride. fluoride's bad, although it's bad for me. I'm allergic to it. But duly noted. <laughs> I break out, break out in big hives when I have straight fluoride. It's not fun. But uh, the but the, it's the amount we're putting in our bodies. Like everybody seems, oh, if a little is good, um, a lot is better. Actually, it's not. Not in almost any capacity. That does work with whiskey, though. Okay, I might concede on that point. I like whiskey. <laughs> yeah. So is that part of your 20% or is that part of the 80%? Sometimes I feel like it's part of the 80. Depends on the week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. That's So going back to being on the road. Sorry. Yeah. You, you were saying pill the bread off the sandwich that comes in in the deli box for lunch don't eat the cookie save the cookie for a glass of wine mm-hmm. with dinner so that you're now it's two glasses of wine but your you your vegetables is a bigger portion than your steak yes. or your chicken or your a lot of people on the road eat salmon all the time i do not because i got burned out on it being on the road to the point where i it. yeah i can't stand salmon but and i love salmon which yeah. makes it really difficult when i cook at home and make salmon because I love it. No, I just grin and bear it. So anyway. I don't make it that often. So when you're reducing your portion size that much, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard because all that stuff smells great. You're at a nice restaurant or sometimes you're not even at a nice restaurant. You're at the airport. You're delayed for a few hours and you just pull up and go, yeah, I'm going to have a steak, steak and fries, steak and potatoes, steak and butter-soaked asparagus, even a salad, though. Salads at a restaurant. They're massive. They're like this big. Mm-hmm. Salad's like people, big people enough to feed getting, the fam. Yeah, people think at Chili's, like, oh, at Chili's, I'm just going to get a salad. Dude, that salad is like 2,000 calories if you eat the whole thing. It is massive because it's not. It's still not healthy. They put a bunch of, for lack of a better word, crap. And I like Chili's, so I'm not knocking Chili's. But and you like Amarillo. You're not knocking Amarillo. No, just I like knows. Amarillo. But it's just, it's, there's certain aspects that I use to uh, color my stories, I guess yes. I should say. Brinker International will not sue because you talked about the size of the chili salad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Making sure you can say, hey, I want a salad, but I don't want the cheese. I don't want the croutons. Add, see if they can add um, some vegetables on top of your salad. Most nicer restaurants, which I know because you're you, you you're a professional partier, that you used to uh, go to nice restaurants when you traveled, mm-hmm. and so most of those are pretty accommodating when it comes to people's idiosyncrasies. I guess you say Idiosy- and restrictions and restrictions. I mean, so a lot of it's not hard at a nicer restaurant to say, "Hey, can I do this instead of that?" They're pretty accommodating. 
I think that the key for most people who travel is portion size, making sure you're paying attention to your snacks, making sure you're not eating just to eat. Because if you're at, at a uh, airport delayed, what is there to do? Eat, drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's mm. not much else. Sometimes take a walk. It's kind of fun when you do push-ups at the airport in front of people because they just look at you really weird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They do have those massage places. See, But anyway. Yeah, try to get that expensed. <laughs> that one's, that one's kind of tough. So, yeah. all right, so but it's, portion control. Mm-hmm. How is that now when I'm not on the road? Mm-hmm. Is it really any different? No. I mean, it sounds like the kind of stuff you coach people to do at home. Yep. It's portion sizes. It's eating to f- fuel your body for whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of go back in time a little bit. What, you went to college when you were 18, 19, 20 years old to become a nutritionist? No. No? Actually, I, was... I actually know the answer to this, but I'm going to extract it for the purpose yeah. of the podcast because I think it's kind of a cool story. So why did you decide, hey, I'm going to quit doing what I'm doing. Marketing. You were doing marketing. <laughs> That's the family business. It is. Um, and decide, you know what? I'm going to go be a nutritionist. In fact, I'm going to one-up it and I'm going to be a holistic nutritionist. Why? Why? Because of our middle daughter. Our middle daughter has had migra- had migraines from the time she was, I'm pretty sure, from the time she was about three. And when we started really noticing that something was, re- was wrong when she was having them once a week during the spring, she had anxiety issues, she had some OCD tendencies. I tell, it's, it's some behavioral. Not that she was a bad kid. She was really a great kid she just had her moments of I'm going to toss this child off the roof not really I wouldn't toss my child but sometimes in my head I did um and we were taking there's an important distinction there in case somebody's listening from CPS yeah it's so. distinction in my head did not mean I actually did it <laughs> but uh we could not figure out and I mean as a parent you're you're trying to figure out there's something not right with my kid there's something more going on. Well, in the family, and, there was a history of migraines. Mm-hmm. Um, on your side, yeah. So. So we were going through all different paths. We had started down um, the standard medical care path. And then I, my chiropractor, who is an amazing person, she said, hey, why don't you read this book? This, this uh, another cu- uh, client recommended it to me I think this might fit your situation so we I'm like okay fine I'll at this point you're a parent you're trying anything you can to help your kid and I went I read this book it started out I'm like the book? the book is called uh what's eating your child do you know the author I don't but I can look it up okay uh but it's this it's a sad in a sad state because I've read it so much <laughs> but uh it starts off with Ear infections. Why do kids get chronic ear infections? Uh, typically, that's a dairy allergy. And then it goes. It get gradually got more complex in the issues. Anxiety, uh, bipolar. I mean, it's all stories about. My favorite line from that book is uh, somebody asks, 
she, she's a nutritionist who does it. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, what do you do? What are you a nutritionist of? She goes, the last resort. And they're like, where do you, where's that? Or they ask where she works. And they're like, what? She, they're like, what's that? She goes, the last resort, because I am the last resort. People go all down different paths, and the nutrition is the last resort for anybody. And when they're trying to, to do, what better their health or to fix things, to fix um, ear, chronic ear infections, to fix anxiety, to fix a lot of. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for regular doctors at all because they're there for a reason. But the, the their training is okay. You have this symptom. You have this symptom. You have this symptom. Okay, so we're gonna go this medication. You have that symptom, we're going to go that medication. Oh, you have this side effect? Okay, we're going to go for this medication. And they're not trained, and it's not their fault. It's just our medical system. They're not trained to find the root cause. No, it's all emergency care. It's all emergency care. Or it's all very reactive, which is great Mm -hmm. if you've torn your ACL. Yeah. It's it's good. They're there to help when you have bronchitis. Mm -hmm. they're, They're there for a reason. However... When people have anxiety, high anxiety or depression or chronic ear infections, they never look at maybe there's a root cause of that. And that's what this book was about is finding the root cause of some issues. And it's not always going to be food. Sometimes it's just how our brain is wired, which is okay. But when I was trying to look at my child and I was trying to figure out why she has these issues and the, it got to the anxiety and some other chapters. I was like, all these are gluten. All these are saying that they took gluten out of the diet and sh- and 90% of the issue went away. So that's so, a really popular one oh, I right know. now. Everybody's doing gluten-friendly or gluten-free or whatever, and yeah. they're striking that up to weight loss, right? So They are, but... This is going to be a sidebar. We'll come back to your discovery there. But is there – is gluten for weight loss or giving up gluten? Is that for weight loss, yes or no? Will you lose weight if you give it up? It depends. depends on if your body's reactive to it. You can give up gluten and nothing happens because your body's not necessarily reactive to the gluten. It's almost always portion sizes. And that's a naturally found enzyme – but so gluten yeah it's it's naturally found protein protein okay it's naturally found protein in wheat i'm not a nutritionist (laughs) so and it's it's naturally found but some people i have a whole theory on why people have are finding more and more gluten sensitivities gluten allergies it's the see the way they do celiac testing is not accurate anymore it's not Sorry, this is a whole little soapbox I get I get on because it frustrates me to no end because, perfect example, our child told, uh, is going on a trip, told the people she was staying with that she can't do gluten and, and the, their first reaction was, Ugh, not you too. Really? <laughs> she goes, I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because it's better, it's what my health needs. You're not going to necessarily lose weight if you're not reactive or if you're not eating a lot of it. 
if you're if that's the basis of your diet, then yeah, you're going to lose weight. But okay. you're not going to lose weight if it's just some of what you eat and you decide to go gluten-free. Because going gluten-free is not an easy task to go f- completely gluten-free because you have to look at toothpaste. Toothpaste has gluten in it. You're Why? I don't know. It's a mystery. Why do they put soy in everything? It's a thickener. It's a filler. Uh, sometimes, uh, I think soy could also be a preservative. I don't remember why. I know it's a thickener for gluten. Okay. But you, it's in your shampoo. It's, yeah, it's in your body wash. It's everywhere. So when you're going gluten-free, when you're truly going gluten-free, it's in makeup. That's the one thing that your kid. I don't have to deal with that one. Yeah, that's the one thing my kid, that our kid will not give up and pay attention to is if her makeup has gluten in it. And so sometimes it's... Thanks, Kylie Jenner. (laughs) So, okay, let's go back to to her real quick. So you start seeing these indicators from this book you're reading, Mm -hmm. What's Eating My Kid. What's Eating Your Child. What's Eating My Child. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's see. I'm going to look that up real quick. What the author is? Yes. Why not? That's fine. No, it's a great book. Give credit work. I love this book so much. No, we... We Give sat her down. Words yeah, we sat her down. She was seventh grade, seventh grade, yeah. And we said, "Hey, we think that this could be a problem with your, with you, to get rid of the migraines, to get some other things." And we went grain free for six months because it can take up to three months for gluten to get out of your your system. What's eating your child? Make sure you're putting it in right. Kelly Dorfman. Kelly Dorfman. Yep. Dorfman. Yep. All right. So, and so you said we very loosely. It was more like you said. No. Because you read. Uh huh. But I presented it to the family. Mm hmm. And we all agreed that it's not fair for her to go gluten free and the rest of us to not be gluten free. But we thought, you know what? We'll, be glu- we'll eat gluten when she's not with us. How'd that work out for you, Jason? Hmm? How'd that work out for you when you had a big old burrito? After we went gluten-free. That worked out well for you, right? Tastes great. Uh Uh-huh. How'd you feel? Like a dumpster fire. Exactly. (laughs) But she, we went grain-free for six weeks because it's easier to get gluten out of your system if you go grain-free versus just, because grains can be an inflammatory also. It's basically an elimination diet is what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so once she... Said, but I we presented it as a okay. We're gonna do this for six weeks. Can we do this for six weeks? And after the six weeks, if it didn't work, then we'll move on. We'll find something different. But if, and so we halfway through, she comes home. She goes, Mom, I think this is what we need to be doing. I said, Why? She goes, I had a cookie. My friend had a cookie, so I had a cookie. She goes, and I felt horrible. She goes, I I did not feel right. And she goes, I think, I think we need to stay gluten-free. I was like, oh, what a win. A 12-year-old agreeing with their mother. That I think that's maybe the first time in history ever. Did you write that day down? I did not, but I know that it happened. Mm. 12-year-olds typically do not agree with their mothers. Or te- uh, do you have a witness? Girl. Dang, I don't have that. Would she admit to this? Yes, she would admit to it. Okay. So, 
All right, so you start down that journey, mm-hmm. but that didn't turn you into a nutritionist. It did reading the book. What? What? No, my it was a kind of a revolution. A revolution. Revelation. Words are hard, man. You could use both. Yeah, it was a revelation. It's the fact that if gluten affects somebody to that extent, what other foods can are we reactive to that we don't know that affect? And so I started doing research. So you and. You started doing research. She got, she was done with the migraines? Yep. She she has, since she was 12, she's had four migraines. And then the OCD stuff? Uh, Pretty much gone. Uh, She, her anxiety for the most part is gone. Her, I mean, seriously, it just about, oh, we also had to take out dyes. We did have to take out dyes too. We took out blue dye, red dye. The, her favorite food is Skittles, and she, oh, man, when she eats those, she turns mean, mean, mean. This is where the mental throwing off the roof happens. And so she can't even eat her favorite candy anymore. Not that I'm a huge advocate for a lot of candy, but it goes into the 80-20. But she just, it's the dyes. She can't have um, any more either. But she she was a different kid, like totally different kid her teachers noticed it her friends noticed it it's it was odd it was so odd and then I started doing more research and more research and finally I I ran across a a different blogs and I started researching nutrition and the more I need standard nutrition I didn't like what I was seeing because it was a lot of uh, grain-based diets it's a it was just a lot of processed, packaged foods. You're you're learning from Doctor Google. Not Doctor Google. Doctor Google is a totally different thing. It was more personal experience blogs. Okay. It was. We actually, I moved us to a whole foods diet for the most part. Uh, I was on the sourdough train before the pandemic, so all those people that bought up all my starters. The, p- the pandemic, I am not happy with. It was hard to get a starter. Anyway, so we were doing sourdough breads before it was the popular making them thing. At home. At home. It's hard. Making it's hard. pretzels. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's not reactive to uh, the truly fermented sourdough. So I make a lot of that. But I'd moved us to a whole foods diet more after I read. Um, a blog of hundred days of real hundred days of real food, and her experience, her life experience. That's mainly what I look for is life experience and say, okay, how can this apply to us? How can this apply to my clients? Everything I, everything I do is science based. Like I can pull out research and cite everything that I tell somebody. Did you go back to school? I did go back to school, but I did cho- I chose not to go to a four year nutrition degree. Actively chose to. The simple fact I did not agree. It was a lot of processed foods. It was a lot of packaged foods. It's a lot of here's the same thing I give everybody. Go forth and do great things. Uh, and after probably, a, I'm not joking, a year of research, I'm a research nut. I, I sometimes research myself into confusion, but it's okay. In doing that, I found uh, Bowman College. It's out of... California they had two campuses they only have one now but they had a distance learning program and I chose 
to do the, the distance learning program. It's a year and a half. So you had somebody in Texas go to school mm-hmm. with crunchy Californians. Yep. Yep. We were from all over, actually. We had, um, I had a classmate that was in Sweden. Yeah? Uh-huh. I had another classmate that was in Spain, I believe. Um, we were all over. Uh, it was great because it was fun learning from different people. So it's an accredited degree it is, program. It is an accredited degree program. It, how, however, it is not considered a true. I am. I cannot call myself a full-on nutritionist because I did not go to a four-year degree, and that was absolutely by choice. So, what do you call yourself? A holistic nutrition consultant. I just say holistic nutrition. I do, but you just have to leave the ist off. For the most part, I do. Uh, I. I can get more certified. Can uh, you order blood t- blood work and stuff like I that with can, the degree you have? Or? No, I can order um, fun stool samples and hair follicle st- uh, testing. Those are the those are the two things I can order. The rest of it, I have to go through a doctor. Okay. So that's fun stuff, but uh, but yeah, I so do do- since you have to order that through a doctor, and this will kind of take us a little bit off track. Mm-hmm. But do doctors? Your experience with doctors, are they, you said before that they don't have the same volume of training. I think what you've told me is they study nutrition for like a month or six weeks. Six weeks. In their entire doctorate program. Mm -hmm. And you've got years, Mm -hmm. you and other nutrition consultants have years of training. How do doctors react whenever you're working with a client and Um, uh, to your recommendations? Some like it. Because a lot of it is getting, they've probably talked to their client about getting their blood sugar under control, about getting their cholesterol down, about various different aspects of their health. But they kind of were always blown off, blown, blown off. Like the client or the the patient was blowing the doctor off, saying, "No, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's fine." I, yeah, I know. I need to drop forty pounds. I don't know how. But once they start working with me and they see the pounds kind of melt off, the blood sugar coming down, the cholesterol stabilizing, because that's a, the way we treat cholesterol is totally wrong, but it's okay. It's a whole other thing. They tend to be more receptive to, to that. And I'll, and I'll ask, I'll say, okay, we need a complete blood work. If we need a thyroid panel, this is what we ask for. That You do not just do a standard, we need free T3s, T, free T4s, reverse T3, those are all things that we need to look at in order to really get a good picture of your thyroid. I am not going to claim that I am a expert at reading blood panels. However, I do have access to people who do it, do look at them. And if I, I can look and see what optimal ranges they need to be in. But if something kind of stumps me, I can actually, there's a service that I can actually send it to an actual doctors that are trained in optimal health versus our daily recommended health, because it's a difference. Okay. What we what we consider healthy, quote unquote, is not necessarily what's actually healthy. Okay. So. So you gave up the marketing gig. You went back to school. That was hard. You studied, and then. It's because it's eighteen months. You went to work for yourself, not for a I doctor. Did. Or I was. Some nope. clinic or some. I've W-2 con- place. Nope. I've consulted with clinics. I do work out of a gym in our building, which was awesome. Our, the owner of the gym loved that I was that he had access to a nutritionist 
or a nutrition consultant. What, what, so that that gym, mm-hmm. uh, Sanders Fit, yeah, Sanders Fit in downtown Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's it's playing kind of that <laughs> type of gym because it, it's not Gold's, it's not twenty four hour uh-uh. fitness. What is what is this place? It is a performance center. So they regular people go in there and work out. They go work out with trainers or people in the building can go use the equipment. But what their focus is, is a lot of athletes. It is a lot of... Um, athletes, like professional athletes. Professional athletes, yes. Like, do some name dropping. Who might you I'm see I'm not there? name dropping. You don't have to drop all the names, but who... Do you consult with any professional athletes? Yes or no? Yes. And... Would you see any of these professional athletes playing a game on TV? Yes. Would any of these professional athletes carry a stick and hit a ball? One of them, yes. Would any of them uh, throw around oval sheets or pieces of leather or try to catch oval pieces of leather? Okay. So... Do you focus only on those high-end athletes no. now that you're this holistic nutritionist, or do you, no, I've, I've, do you work with other types of people I that work. are not playing football, baseball, basketball, whatever? Mm-hmm. I work with all, all types of people. I have clients with psoriasis that we're learning that how to minimize flare-ups with food. I have uh, weight loss clients. I have weight gain clients. I have... Uh, Weight gain clients. Yes. Like, give me an example of somebody that wants to gain weight that is not a professional athlete. Oh, I have um, a young man that I'm working with that he wants to gain about 20 pounds, but he wants to gain lean, strong muscle. And he's not being able to do it on his own. He's seeing a trainer, and and but he needs to focus on his food. And so we, I'm actually cooking for him also. So we decide on a meal on a, uh, or I decided on a calorie count and different uh, supplements that I feel like would enhance what he's doing already. And it's nothing big. It's the beets. So it's the nitric oxide supplements. It's ashwagandha, which actually helps athletes. Uh, There's another one. There's something ginseng. It's a very specific ginseng. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but because I'm a big food first and supplements only if needed. Okay. And so, um, so what about weight loss? Is that the biggest driver for people? I mean, it's more weight loss for a lot of my clients is actually secondary. They they usually always come to me with headaches, headaches, stomach they, problems, stomach problems, or they just feel crappy blah mm-hmm. even some of my weight gain clients can have physical issues that they're trying to fix and so it's what we try to focus on is real food not anything out of a package very often or a can i mean i still myself will find bpa free canned items to to use or i'll uh pull things out of the freezer section, vegetables and stuff. But I'm not a big open a box, pour something out no. type person. You, yeah. you said that you cook for one of those athletes. What, mm-hmm. uh, 
you're not just consulting and counseling. You actually cook I for do. people. I do. I have meal prep. I have a meal prep business that I started by accident, honestly. By accident. <laughs> it's a complete accident. I had somebody that I was working with, and she decided to go get a big girl job. And I had these clients that were left with nobody to cook for them. And so I said, you know what? If she's not going to do it, I'll do it. And so I was like, okay, we'll do it until I can find somebody else to work with. And a year and plus later, I have not found anybody else to, nor have I ever really looked. I, so I cook. You cook but, in bulk for individuals, uh, families? Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine that's pretty time consuming. It's a lot. Yep. I cook for five hours on Sunday. That's not including the prep work I do on Friday and Saturday. And then Wednesday, I cook. Wednesday's a little bit lighter. Wednesday's about four hours or so. Yeah. So what's... There's a finite amount... But the, you said it words See, are hard. See, words are hard. Finite amount of time mm -hmm. that you can spend cooking and consulting. Mm -hmm. Is there... Is there, uh, do you have to come up with new menus all the time, new things mm -hmm. to cook? Or is it kind yep. of, I'm on a program, so I know on Tuesdays I'm eating chicken. No. No? No. Everything's new. Everything's different. I very rarely repeat myself. Uh, I may, like last March I pulled in, or this March I pulled in a couple of things that I made last March. But not everything. I like I like new. I, I base it off the stuff that how I like to eat. I'm not a big leftovers person. I'm not a big eating the same thing every single day person. I like variety. I like to eat. Like I I think this week I have Moroccan chicken. Yeah. And to me that sounded amazing. I it was nutritionally sound, so I put it on my menu. And so most of my most things I find recipes and I either modify some of them I don't necessarily modify because they're just really well done but most of them I do I just add this vegetable or that herb or something all right so so people come to you they have a condition they want to lose weight they want to gain weight and then as part of that counseling service there's also an option to buy into the meal planning mm -hmm. and that takes away their need to go to Chick-fil-A drive through or to eat out as much. Yep. So it's probably a little bit more cost effective, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so is that something that, is that something that's easy enough for anybody else to do or? Oh, absolutely. Anybody can do it. It's just taking the time, finding the time to do it. But a lot of people don't have, they haven't gone back to school. They haven't gone to the Bowman Colleges, and they don't know how to do those things, right? So why, I could go look for recipes all day long mm -hmm. on the on the interwebs. And I do sell my menus. You sell your menus. I do sell my menus. So, and I knew that. I I'm knew. married to her. I know that. It, that's so actually it's a, a drive. But it's a, Some of my clients have moved away and have actually asked for me to do it. Moved and away. So they moved away. Yeah, one moved to Houston. Another moved to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And, yeah, Milwaukee. Another one moved. Actually, that one went to Europe. 
to play basketball. Not one of those pro athletes. Mm, yeah. He's not going to cook it for himself. No? No, he's too young. <laughs> he was straight out of college. But he's buying your menus and having somebody else execute? Yep. Well, okay. So with those menus, it's not something that's necessarily you're creating each recipe by hand and by mm -hmm. from scratch, right? But you're creating what, a plan? I'm creating a plan. It's five days a week because I figure two days of those weeks, two days of the, oh, goodness. I figure two days you can self-manage. <laughs> self-manage. But, you know, it's kind of like college, right? Mm -hmm. If you get a meal plan for your kid or when you were in school, your meal plan wasn't for 21 meals a week, right? Mm -hmm. It was for like 15 or 19. Yep. So on those other two days, that's when you get the Canadian healthcare donut. Yeah. And pair it with a cocktail. Mm -hmm. What cocktail goes best with a Canadian healthcare? Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. Would it be rum based? Let me think. Cause it's maple. Bourbon? I think maybe bourbon. Bourbon because it's maple based. It's gonna be bourbon's gonna be a little sweeter. Oh, I'm not the mixologist. Well, I'm gonna ask Jason that. Jason would know. Another Jason. Yeah. The good not Jason, not the evil Jason. I'm the evil one. Depends on what time of day it is. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know because I think it would definitely be bourbon based. Anyway, but yeah, we. I might go right because you're going to get a lot of sweetness from the donut, right? Mm. Maybe just settle in with an old fashioned. Ew. Gross. It's just rye, simple syrup. Old fashions are gross. No, they're not. Yes, they are. You're fired. I don't like them. Give me so, give me a paper plane all day long. I love my paper planes. Mm-hmm. Coming from a nutritionist. Hey. And a paper plane is Aperol. Aperol. Equal equal parts Aperol, Amario and Nino. Uh, Amaro Nino. Amaro, Nanino. Nanino. I can never remember that I have a hard time saying that word. Uh bourbon and lemon. Lemon juice. Lemon juice. Well, you're not gonna put a whole lemon in it. Of course it's gonna be just the juice. And because it's a fruit, you shake it with ice, double strain it into a coupe glass, and then mm -hmm. have a donut. And then the rest of the week? You're eating amazing. You're eating my menu. My menu's menu. good. So if I were interested after listening to this and I wanted to eat this way, where would I find your handiwork? My unpickled.net. Unpickled.net? Unpickled.net. And I can set appointments for the counseling. I can mm -hmm. get the menu. Mm -hmm. I can do all kinds of stuff. And I have worked with people who traveled, so not just you. Yeah, I've had other clients that I've worked with that we've come up with strategies on how to remain healthy and travel. And you work so. with pro athletes. Mm -hmm. You work with truck drivers. I do. Real quick, how much weight that truck driver lose? Forty-five pounds. How long did it take? Four and a half, five months. Four and a half, five months, 45 pounds. Mm -hmm. Exercising a lot? <laughs> no. 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 That guy's got a bum knee. Mm-hmm. Sedentary lifestyle? Not completely. I mean, he does work out, but he talks more than he works out, honestly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Psoriasis? You're not a doctor, but... With the psoriasis, we discovered with an elimination diet that she is reactive to lemon. 
so citrus, uh, dairy, and there was a oh soy. Those are the three things that flared and stress flared her psoriasis. Not the nightshades one. No nightshades. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, nightshades, tomatoes. She was really mad about that. Because she loves hot sauce. So you told this person no more hot sauce. Yeah, I felt really bad. But you, you said earlier, chips and hot sauce are a food group. They are. But that's for me. If you're reactive to something, you're reactive to something. And you you take your... I would try to find a pill for hot sauce. <laughs> There's no pill to mitigate a psoriasis reaction. If I mean, you have medication that psoriasis patients take. Mm-hmm. But it does not always mitigate the flare-ups. And that's, she was wanting to get off the medication anyway. And that's what we were trying to do. But it's, she should discuss that with her doctor? Absolutely. Getting off any medication, you shot, you you absolutely discuss that with your doctor. Okay. But and she chose to do it. Anyone else interesting? Elim- hmm? Anything else helped eliminate? What? The... Um, what your stuff? Oh, you can talk about my stuff. You got other people too, I not know. just mine. But your mine was mine was cool blood though. pressure and asthma. Asthma. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got who else? Who else have I worked with? I've got well, and when I was talk, I kind of you've was, had two people on Skittles that had to get off Skittles, yeah. right? Kid and the baseball player. <laughs> he didn't have to, but making making I I cautioned him eating the big family-sized bags not even some of the family size the what the one pound bags he would go through like one pound bags every couple of days and I, I was like okay I would not do that anymore and I gave him the reasons why I don't know he did not completely quit I know that I think he was working on cutting back <laughs> but he had a small skittles addiction it was kind of funny I guess. It's, it's actually, it's really sad the way that... Um, it's really a sugar addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's honestly, it's sad the way we feed our athletes and expect them to perform at peak level. We, I, I watched Hard Knocks. I see the kind of crap that they feed these players during um, meetings and things. It's chips, it's cookies. It's, that's, every so often, again, that's not bad. But they're inundated with candy and all this stuff and ah, it makes my head hurt. So then where are you at on spaghetti for pregame? Because for me growing up, Gen X, football, baseball, they always said, that is right, the worst get some spaghetti. thing in the world. Because it, what it's doing is fueling the sugar. You actually, people carb up too early, for one. Uh, and eating uh, simple carbs is not going to do anything for your body except for turn it to sugar. There's a statistic out there that shows a high rate of heart disease with marathon runners because they carb up. They eat a lot of pasta, which is simple carbs. What you're When you're told to carb up, you're wanting complex carbs. You're wanting sweet potato. You're wanting um, black beans, garbanzo beans. You're wanting things that are going to be slower processed than eating things that are just going to process your body and then create just pockets of sugar, pockets of where your body is not being able to process things out. And if you're not able to 
detox your body properly, that is where you get the incidence of uh, cholesterol buildup in your body because your body makes it. You only get about 10% of cholesterol from your food anyway. It's how your body is dealing with the cholesterol that causes the issues. If you're eating the right things and you're detoxifying your body correctly, and it's your body already does it, so it's nothing that you really have to do. Um, you can do cleanses, but the whole detox bandwagon is a little sketch. But... <laughs> But uh, a lot of these athletes are in these weekend warriors or these people who are doing uh, carving up are just doing it so poorly that the simple carbs that they're putting in their body are out of their system in eight hours. So eating it the night before means nothing. You're, uh, if you're doing your more complex carbs, it takes longer to process out, oatmeal, that type of thing. Uh and I know people like to work out on empty stomach, but eating an hour before your workout actually can maximize your workout, giving you more fuel for your for your body. Hmm. And it's just, it's, sorry, the whole food industry in of itself is frustrating. The way we push food and the way we present food to people is frustrating. I try to help people navigate all that, especially people who, I mean, travel professional athletes travel businessmen travel it's it's hard and women women oh yeah that's true women. i'm women. sorry i'm sorry i'm the mama girls i should i'm all about the girls so uh but i say business people there we go they traveling um some people don't consider themselves people either <laughs> gotta be real careful with this we can't offend anybody <laughs> For God's sakes. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, hippopotamuses, whatever you consider yourself. Business carbon-based life forms. There we go. Carbon-based life forms. But what if they don't – what if they're offended by the word carbon? They don't identify as carbon-based? Maybe not. Mm. Anyway. Well, sorry. maybe they should – maybe their <laughs> diet's broken. I don't know. So yeah, A lot of people's diet's right, broken. Let, let's wind this thing up. So okay. you're on unpickled.net. Mm -hmm. People can find you. Mm -hmm. You could be a pro athlete. You yep. could be a weekend warrior like me. Mm -hmm. You could be somebody that just needs to drop some weight. Yep. And you could be somebody with a condition that could be supported in conjunction with doctor recommendations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was that thing that you said to me, your mouth is your gateway to your health. Is that Was that you? Uh, no, I usually like liking lifestyle to a... Can I say a loaded gun? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, what I always We're in Texas. Say, you could talk about guns. Well, your food is – there's a reason people say your food is thy medicine. Uh, but I always tell people – people come back at me with, oh, genetics, genetics, genetics. And I always tell them, okay, I don't want to offend any gun people or non-gun people, but you, look, you can look at your health like a loaded gun. Your genetics are the bullets. Your lifestyle pulls the trigger. If you're doing things that are furthering anything that, so genetics, your genetic predisposition to diabetes, to cancer, to uh, heart disease, to high cholesterol, to any of it, it's all in how you treat your body, whether those conditions are present itself. So activated. If they're activated. So yep. It, so if, you, if you're treating your body 
poorly, absolutely those conditions will will present themselves. Uh, if you are taking the time to really manage what you put in your body, how you treat yourself, your stress levels, your sleep, and it's a lot. We are a go, 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 go society. And there's nothing wrong with not being on the go. Any- it's we gauge each other well I'm busier than you no really I'm busier than you then the next person's like well no I y'all are nothing I'm busier than you it's people it's a status almost and it's frustrating because it's not how we're meant to be slowing down managing how we sleep how our stress level and our food all interact together matters okay cool Thank you for coming in. Maybe I'll get you back here with Doug Havman one time. And oh, no, I love Doug. Doug is a rancher in mm-hmm. South Texas. Does this whole beyond organic. Talk. We won't need you. We'll just uh, talk. I'll just say what's up. I'll yeah. bring the whiskey out for that one. I'll just okay. say here and pour the whiskey. So, um, cool. This well, one's not totally self-serving, but I think it's... I I was excited to get you in here just because I've personally been able to benefit from your... Mm-hmm. Eureka moment that you had with with the kiddo and the things that you forced. I got off about $500 a month worth of medication. So it's valuable to hear. And being a road warrior myself, it's a hard thing to be able to manage Mm -hmm. what you're eating, especially if you're doing trade shows in Vegas. That one is pretty hard to kind of manage. Every once in a while is fine. Not making a habit of it is what you got to guard against. Yeah, well, Vegas Vegas is a habit. Vegas is awesome. I love Vegas. Yeah. I do. All right, cool. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Yay. Thank you. And uh, for having me.